Thank you for downloading a sermon from the Chapel of the Cross. The Chapel of the Cross is a welcoming, growing, and historic Episcopal Church in Madison, Mississippi. I hope you will join us on Sundays for worship at 7.30 a.m., 8.45 a.m., 11 a.m., and 5 p.m., with Sunday school for all ages at 10 a.m. I also invite you to connect with the chapel online at chapelofthecrossms.org. Again, thank you for downloading this sermon. We pray it will enrich your walk with Christ. God bless you, and we look forward to welcoming you and your family to the Chapel of the Cross. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore ask the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Then he summoned his twelve disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to cure every disease and every sickness. I speak to you in the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. We have entered the season after Pentecost. In fact, it happened while I was on vacation. If your favorite color is green, then the season after Pentecost is the season for you because this season is made up of green Sundays, as they are sometimes called. This is because the liturgical color of the season is green. The priests wear green stoles about our neck. The antipendium, that's right, say that with me, the antipendium, which is this bit of cloth right here, is green. Now I know, obviously today the color is white, and that's because Banks, Raymond Holder will be baptized at the 11 o'clock service. But for the majority of this season, which extends from now until the end of November, Green will be the color, so we should get used to it. From now until the end of November is a long time. That's about five and a half months. So this season after Pentecost is by far the longest season of the church calendar. When football season comes around, it will still be the season after Pentecost. When day in the country is here, it will still be the season after Pentecost. When Thanksgiving is here, Guess what? It will still be the season after Pentecost. Today is only the second Sunday after Pentecost, but when the end of November does roll around, and it is the 25th Sunday after Pentecost, it will seem like the 929th Sunday after Pentecost. Aren't you glad you do not have to give up anything during this season like you do in Lent? <laughs> The season after Pentecost is known also as ordinary time. In Latin, it is called tempus per annum, meaning times of the year. However, it is not ordinary in the sense that it is dull or mundane, but quite the opposite. In fact, liturgical scholar Leo Mitchell says that it is in these Sundays after Pentecost that we actually live our lives. This is a season in which we live within the life of Christ. And living within the life of Christ does nothing short of transform us. 
What helps us live within the life of Christ are the gospel stories we will hear from Matthew during this season. These stories will most likely be well known to us. They are Sunday school stories. They are stories that perhaps we acted out in a skit during days of yore in vacation Bible school or church camp. Perhaps they are stories we have studied in a Bible study group a time or two. The story we hear today is no exception to our biblical familiarity. Though we are not able to recite from memory all of the disciples' names, if Jeopardy host Alex Trebek said, 12 men picked by Jesus who followed him around during his earthly ministry, our reply might be, Alex, who are the disciples? Today, the story that transforms us in the life of Jesus is a story of Jesus summoning or calling his disciples. What is pertinent to call it the calling of Jesus' disciples is what was taking place just before Jesus called them. Knowing what was going on gives some context for why Jesus called the twelve. He needed help. Like us, Jesus had his limits. After all, like us, Jesus was human. When he was hungry, he ate. When he was tired, he rested. In fact, it is well documented that Jesus took naps. When he realized he could not do it all by himself, he sought help. Just before he called the disciples, he was running around ragged, for a gospel opens by saying, Then Jesus went about all the cities and the villages, teaching in synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and curing every disease and every sickness. He had given two men their sight. He had restored to life the daughter of a synagogue leader. A woman who had suffered for 12 years from hemorrhages was healed simply by touching Jesus' cloak. So we see that Jesus has been very busy and he needs a little help from his friends. We have our limits and there are times when we need help and we should ask. However, I, probably like many of you, I have trouble asking for help sometimes. I can be somewhat stubborn in this regard. <clears throat> There's a light fixture in our closet that went out. Instead of calling an experienced electrician to come and replace it, I thought, well, I can do that. All I need to do is look up how to do it on YouTube. You can find out how to do anything on YouTube. Just search. It will be easy. So I YouTubed how to replace a fluorescent light fixture. So I climbed up the aluminum ladder. I looked up at the light and I thought, I don't have the first clue about anything electrical. Even if I don't kill myself, I could do something horribly wrong and burn the whole house down. Sarah may not like that. I really need an experienced electrician to do this. Our Lord Jesus knows his limits. He can't do it all, but unlike us sometimes, he asked for help. Jesus knows that the furthering of the kingdom he has come to proclaim requires help. He said himself that the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. He was the sole missionary, but there is a need for more workers in view of the urgency of his task of proclaiming God's kingdom 
Furthermore, these disciples he chose to help him, they weren't temporary or day laborers. They were in it for the long haul. They had given up a lot. In time, they were the ones who would be eyewitnesses to the resurrection, and they would be tasked with carrying the news of that resurrection and God's love for all people to all ends of the earth. A task this big, such as proclaiming God's kingdom, calls for qualified candidates. It calls for experience. It calls for bright, intellectual, savvy people. It calls for people who are able to make a pitch, close a deal, and sell a product. But these folks, these 12 that Jesus called, wouldn't have made it past the first interview. A tax collector. Are you kidding me? What are you thinking? A tax collector, the most despised of society? That's who you're going to depend on? And fisher folk. Not that I have anything against fishing. I love it. But really? Come on. What do they know? What experience do they bring to the table except casting a net? Someone said this past week at the Wednesday Bible study, Jesus didn't call the smartest folk. He called the regular old Joes. This is where we are transformed by the life of Christ in this story, here on this second Sunday after Pentecost. Jesus still needs help. Our help. The help of the regular old Joes. And all of us are worthy of Jesus' calling. Jesus doesn't only call the exalted, He calls the lowly. Not only the rich, but the poor as well. Not only the CEO of a major corporation, but the school janitor. Not only the person with three degrees, but the person who dropped out of high school. Not only top floor executives, but folks in the mailroom. Jesus calls a person who picks up your trash on Wednesdays. Jesus calls the person holding the stop sign in the middle of the highway, frustrating you while it is being paved. Jesus calls the person who believes in him, And Jesus calls the atheist. Jesus calls the divorced. Jesus calls the widow. Jesus calls you. You are worthy of Jesus' calling. You are worthy to be Jesus' disciple. Yes, you. Can I get an amen? Amen. Amen. Amen.